0: Lens omnibus. omnibus. I was writing a script about K-12 education this week, but recent developments made me decide to throw that out and talk about some other items of interest. That script will likely show up in a future edition. Right now, we're in the middle of what has charitably been called the silly season in American politics, the election cycle. Of course, what constitutes in the middle of anymore? Our elections last longer and cost more money than pretty much the rest of the world combined, and we complain ceaselessly about the results. Super PACs rule the day. Elected officials have to spend more time raising money than meeting with constituents and studying legislation. And the systemic problems of economic inequality, wealth concentration, deteriorating infrastructure, and educational disaster remain with us. The harder the people push for change, the more entrenched these issues become. And a cardinal rule of American politics is now, the House Always Wins. How did the American political system get here? An election is the central act of our civic life, the closest we get to a secular sacrament. What forces conspired to make this process, which should be elevated almost to the point of sanctity, a chore, a game, a joke? It would be easy to point to the 1%, the super-wealthy oligarchs who buy and sell democracy as if it were corn, pork bellies, or frozen concentrated orange juice. And, to be sure, they carry a tremendous amount of the blame. After all, even the Bible, 1 Timothy, or as Donald Trump would say, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil. It's more than that, though. The 99%, by definition, outnumber the 1%. In a country that promotes one person, one vote, it shouldn't even be close. The fact is, most of us really hope we'll be part of the 1% someday. There's a statement, usually but dubiously attributed to John Steinbeck, that says, Americans never embraced socialism because they viewed themselves not as an oppressed proletariat, but rather as temporarily dispossessed millionaires. I may not have the quote exactly right but I believe it to be a true statement. So we vote to support those millionaires who are not dispossessed under the belief that we will be there ourselves someday. Put simply, to quote the great Walt Kelly, we have met the enemy and he is us. Let's get this out of the way right now. In the Democratic primary, I am supporting Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. I absolutely believe more in his vision for our nation. But, and this is very important, should Secretary Hillary Clinton receive the nomination, she will have my unequivocal and full-throated support. And she will have that support even though I disagree with her on a number of issues. Am I concerned about her ties to Wall Street? After all, I believe these are the people who are using our tax and fiscal policy to absorb even more of our wealth, and she gladly gave speeches to them, for large amounts of money. Of course I am concerned about that. So this is what I do. I support Senator Sanders in the primary, not just because I believe in his vision, but also because it reminds Secretary Clinton that the left flank cannot be ignored. Idealistic, perhaps, but I am reminded of when Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was, of course, exceptionally wealthy but still a believer in reducing economic inequality, told those who had supported his policies to, quote, make me do it. By showing whomever our nominee is that we expect him or her to remember the left and left of center, we move the Overton window, and if you're interested in the Overton window, Google that sometime. It's a fascinating concept. Now personally, I'm not going to fault Secretary Clinton for making money off of speaking fees. Yes, we wish that people would be like Senator Sanders and donate what meager fees he got for speaking to charities, but I also know that both President Clinton and Secretary Clinton came from the lower and middle classes. If someone offered me that kind of money, I'm going to be really honest with you. I would be hard-pressed to turn it down. The trick is, of course, to get involved now and to stay involved in the general election. Change rarely comes without a fight. And sometimes we have to make alliances with people we wouldn't normally make alliances with. That's okay. That's the nature of politics. Politics should not be a dirty word. It is how we choose to organize our governance. And so, while I am absolutely supporting Senator Sanders And we'll march to the very gates of hell in support of him. Should the democratic process play out and Secretary Clinton be our nominee, I will do the same for her in the general election. It's important. The other trick, and this is where we often trip ourselves up as well, is to keep voting all the way down the ballot for candidates who will make the nominee do it. And then show up again at every election to keep supporting those candidates. And if you can't find any candidates, then you become the candidate. Now, I know this wasn't really red meat, but sometimes you just have to say what's on your mind. And yes, Wes Flynn just called for moderation. The apocalypse is at hand. Our theme music is my own rational exuberance, played by the Czech Philharmonic and available on Naxos. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful day.